0: boom hello and welcome to the protector nation podcast a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous in this podcast we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect to protect your family to protect your loved ones because we all know that you have a few basic needs food water and shelter but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out.
1: Boom, what's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here with another awesome episode. Uh, Today, I've got the honor of digging in with Jeff Johnsgard of Natural Tactical Systems. How are you doing today, brother? Excellent, brother. Thank you for having me. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you. I uh, recently went to that training through (laughs) Neoteric Arms with Daniel, uh, and that was my first time hearing from you. And um, I think the main thing that blew my mind, man, was the first day we didn't even, uh, I mean, we barely shot and you like like round, like we didn't, it wasn't, you know, you go to these some of these courses and you get that dopamine from just firing rounds endlessly, you know? And they're like, you might not learn anything, but you kind of have a good time. So you come back, right? But I remember we didn't shoot much, but it was the most intellectually stimulating time I'd had on a range in a really long time. And what really blew me away, other than the fact that I was like so psychologically, like with the way you were communicating was like really stimulating. I was picking up so much and things I thought I knew how to do, I watched you break them down, like my draw, like you broke everything down into these smaller steps, reorganized them, we analyzed those steps and made it more efficient. That was amazing. Then the other thing was the fact that all we did was fundamentals. All we did was fundamentals. (laughs) And I like, you go to all these trainings with all these dudes, and then you always have a fundamentals portion. But, you know, so you can kind of almost like be like, all right, fundamentals, whatever. But I just, I can't say enough that the way you explained it really helped me reorganize the way I was looking at fundamentals. And so I was so much more engaged than I would be Generally, when I was when I'm doing that stuff, man. So it's an honor, man, uh, to learn from you. It was an amazing experience for sure.
2: Well, thank you very much for saying that. Uh, that's, a, that's a great advert. I'll get you your twenty bucks uh, for the yeah. ad later. But uh, yeah, there's so much to talk about in regards to what you just said there. To break that down, but uh, that's exactly it. I mean, there. I would have. We could have just gone. I want to work on my splits. I want to work on my target acquisition. Absolutely no problem. We would have used the same process to do that, but when you're talking about trigger control, you know, getting that final firing grip, which is dictated by two things, right? Uh, you know, as we broke down, um, right. and then and then just and then just the consistency and finding those things again immediately that we didn't realize we weren't doing. So it was like kind of, I want to call them training scars, but it was just not optimal, right? I mean, there's no. There's no sense in calling it anything else. We're always chasing or I'm always chasing. That's the idea. More optimal. And and how do you define that? Well, you got to figure out what you're doing and then you have to have a framework for that. So, you know, like I said, uh, you know, uh, we, we talked about the quiet eye a little bit or, you know, and things of that nature. And of course, that is all absolutely going to I mean, simply put, whether you're a, a, a shooter in competition or gunfighter or whatever lane you're chasing, that's going to it's going to improve you. Right. In 15 minutes of understanding those principles, you're going to be a better shooter. And that's a it's a that's a very broad statement to make, you know. But as I said to you, um, uh, you know, I, I, I was just working with another SWAT team. Right. And I said, you know, we're going to follow this framework over the next few days. I said, and I'm not going to bet my paycheck. That you're going to be better as is defined by these measures i'll bet my pension on it because we've done it so many times that yeah. it's just that's just the way it is and, I, and it's hard to not sound like a, just a cock when you say that a little bit right you know right. like a cocky person but you uh, that luckily you were in front right you know we had that and there was a diverse group of people there too um and it was five more pounds on their barbell that day but it was a different five pounds for each person. You know, so yeah. anyway, I'm excited to have this talk. You, uh, you let me know what you want to dive into, and of I just course. appreciate the opportunity for you know you got quite quite an audience as I've I've now got on Instagram myself and that, and you're you on know. there quite a bit, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just excited about the whole thing. So tell me what we're gonna do, and yeah, and, man, uh, have a great time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I got you. So when you said um we've done it so many times and then we'll get into background so people know why they're listening to you right (laughs) but so when you said you've done it so many times talk can you talk a little bit about that uh so people can understand the types of um impact you've had you know and your your crew have had teaching
2: tactically uh okay yeah so i guess for over a decade now i've been like formally trying to study how to learn better how to communicate better um and it just so happens that i think uh uh you know firearms self-defense things of that nature being a you know i was uh, being a police officer myself right i'm in my 19th year now and uh you know i really believe truly deeply in the ability to protect oneself to uh to not have uh you know evildoers uh execute their will on us and all the rest of it absolutely yeah. and it, it's uh, so i believe deeply in that cause Uh, have being um, self-sufficient you know being able to band together and and uh, you know in times even such as these Uh, and so short version is is that you know there are there are certain tactics and tools and and those little things that we can take and clip on our our tool belt right our bat belt such as the compressed shooting position right that john wick shooting position that's that, that's a Lego block, as I, as I said to you, right, that you can learn very quickly and easily because it works really well. And now inside of a vehicle, for example, or inside of this room, you know, you're certainly going to be better off, you know, fighting with people, whether um, that kind of idea. So there's those tools and those things. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the method or the process to learn and to pass on information and to learn myself, right? Because I'm a, I'm a full-time student, part-time instructor, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of idea, at least mentally, that's what I say. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so I didn't know how much I didn't know about proper training, really, until I met a man named Ken Murray, who wrote a book, Training at the Speed of Life, Volume 1. And so mm-hmm. he is the guru. He's a co-inventor of simunition, those paint pellets. Yeah. <laughs> those paint pellets. They wake up they're good for training (laughs) absolutely yeah exactly and so you know he jokingly said that he ran out of ways of doing it wrong uh uh, luckily no one got killed or something like that but uh, there is just these slight differences in how information can be presented discussed that format and and the words you just used uh if i could go back in my short-term memory here you know things like it kept you engaged Um, And that was with jokes, and that was with quips, and that was with diving into information that was very heavy. I mean, we are talking about shooting people in self-defense, right, Right. you know, uh, as well. But, but keeping you at a level where, you know, neuroplasticity takes three things, they say, right? So alertness, focus, and rest, and then that's slow wave, deep sleep. So if I can, if I can get your alertness, your focus, and optimize that rest period that, that night and the night after you're learning a motor skill, a physical movement, well, now I'm going to learn it faster. I'm going to learn it better. And if I can then get into how you're thinking about let me grab this because I always your trigger control right how you're working that trigger you know we talked about that how many parts is your trigger and uh, I can't remember what you said like it, do you remember like when I said how many pieces is your trigger how many parts how many how many stages how many whatevers you know like yeah I think it was like three
1: or four I mean there's the slack the wall and then squeezing through that
2: wall and then reset. So great forth. okay so, <laughs> so that so that tells me how you're thinking about it. Because remember, I can can say anything to anyone, Mm -hmm. but knowledge builds on knowledge. So if I understand what and how you understand something, I can immediately teach you better. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to seek first to ask to understand why, what, how someone is doing something. And so... But, you know, and and what people always do is we distort, we delete, and we generalize. These are neuro-linguistic programming principles, right? Uh, Right. And so, you know, I could say, draw me a lamp is my standard thing. And I get a desk lamp and a genie's lamp and other kinds of, but I said lamp, right? Right. Because language is an imperfect form of communication. Hmm. So I'm trying to get something that if I'm just shit hot and awesome at doing all these Zoomy guy skills with my pistol, that's great. But do you know how you got there? yeah, I practiced the crap out of it. Okay, what did you practice? Where are you looking? Remember we did the the extend your arm, thumbnail, visual angle, Yeah. right? So, I mean, a lot of people just don't understand those concepts to begin with. It's not their fault, but to understand those concepts means that we can all of a sudden find feedback where we had none before and therefore get better. We're like unpacking kind of what you were saying there. Uh, and I just, it's hard to do, because it's not intuitive. And we don't right. usually do that. But when you learn those things, then all of a sudden, the as I joke about the funny talking that I do with you, you know, and, and everyone, like the students, that type of idea, that yeah. asking these kind of stranger questions and having them, like, there's a lot of this thinking about what you're saying. And I don't know, I never thought about that before. That's right. exactly it. I'm, I'm helping you to connect synapses in your brain that have never connected before, never met before, They've never met before. And that's the point, isn't it? That's so, so cool. uh, you know, and then when it comes to motor learning, when it comes to decision making under stress, when it comes, like, these are the things that matter, because you could have faster splits, you could have a faster draw time. But if I get my hand on my gun first, I'm gonna win every time because right. I made the decision because I saw it happening. Right. So that type of idea. And so, uh, you know, especially in the EP world, that's huge, which is right. why I do a lot of stuff with EP people. Right.
1: Because yeah. that's, that's their game. Awesome, man. I feel like, cause on the range, it's almost like we're just focused on trying to shoot faster. Everyone's trying to shoot faster. You know, it's like, how did I do this? Oh, uh, or even it, it feels like instructors are teaching us that way. Are there any like, um, quantifiable results you've seen from approaching instruction this way or in a new way because that's what really for me I was like this feels different and has been a completely different type of experience you know um, what have you seen in the past and I know you got a bunch of peer journal articles and things like that on this type of method really helping folks
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good quality question because, I mean, according to who based on what, right? Right. Uh, You know, that's the idea. So, yeah, there was a, uh, there's a study that I can speak to. The only people that uh, really had the money to study it, I mean, police and military and that type of thing, was the Australian uh, SAS, right? So the SASR, the Special Air Service Regiment. And so they're two. Yeah, they're all right. They're, they're <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, they're excellent. They're absolutely. <laughs> right. and, yeah, so, they're <laughs> and so they're, uh, but they also have uh, the funds, right? So Perth University did a study with them. So the short version is is that a whole bunch of these instructors got together uh, and they started teaching, quote, regular soldiers, right? So I, I realized that the SAS are, are tier one a group they were teaching just regular guys like like, me, you know, like that kind yeah, of like standard. us yeah, yeah. exactly right exactly and they found a 500 percent increase in five days in their shooting standards 500 500 increase yeah so it was a two-week course yeah there was decision making there was scenarios there was all the rest of it there was all this stuff, you know, uh, based off of based off of shooting drills, right? So it's not gunfighting, but shooting drills, and then they moved to scenarios. But the point being is that uh, I t- uh, I'm trying to remember back to uh, what we did in uh, so day one, I think it was was uh, was kind of that intro science of optimal defense pistol, you know, that kind of idea, and then yeah. I think it was day two was a 360 intro, right?
1: Right, where we actually started doing some of the cool off-eye tactics and all the stuff you know yeah
2: yeah exactly shooting quickly from defensive positions that are that are stronger than the ones that we're normally kind of getting into yeah exactly exactly so so that day i really kind of stretched it out to give a real good dose own the trigger Mm -hmm. own the grip why do we even say the word own right? right why is it a retention reload not a tactical emergency whatever reload remember how we talked about cognitive load Words right? that. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, everything is based off of the, the best way for you to learn it. Uh, so that it takes the least amount of energy, and that included how we talked about how I'd like you to practice now, so Mm -hmm. if I take your, to to kind of bring that loop back around again, if I, we talked about trigger, and maybe like, uh, you know, I touch the trigger, I press the trigger, I feel the wall, and I, and then it it fires, and then there's a reset, or however many parts that trigger is to you, Mm -hmm. if I can turn that into eight, ten things, Uh, intuitively, you'd say, well, well, Jeff, I don't want to do that because this is something that has to happen under stress. I don't want 10 things to consider and think about the rest of it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So it's kind of counterintuitive. But what Ken Murray taught me to, to bring all these things together is that if we, you know, when things go sideways, you need to be in a real hurry to slow the down mentally right like when you think something's happening and it's and it's a drama and there's perception slow down think it through really easy so right we talked about internal and external frame of reference right so I could be in an internal and those are narrow and broad and external narrow and broad yes. so I could be internal like okay uh, uh, you know if I could get you to uh, to feel your your stance or something more broad okay as you're doing your thing or internal uh just your finger on the trigger or external broad or narrow again these are frames of reference and if i can bring your attention to them at certain Mm. times as we're learning something i can build a better quality of mental picture and a physical motor pattern right Mm. and so uh, so we go internal Right. When I'm thinking about doing those types of things and that builds out a better conceptualization and and actually the motor program itself. Uh, And then external is where performance lives. So that's the quiet eye stuff. In fact, I think I got the textbook here. That's the That's there. So perception, cognition and decision making. Right. So the quiet eye. Yeah. Joan Vickers, actually Canadian, another Canadian. Um, you got, y'all canadians man you got some talent <laughs> up there yeah exactly and so uh so that is uh, she discovered uh and has been there is a ton of good research on that you know three-point shooting in the nba uh you know uh goalie soccer but on and on and on driving everything where if i have a uh an external narrow focus where i'm keeping my eye in a certain place on and around the rim prior to a critical movement, I, mean, I can break down the quiet eye for you, no problem. It's just, I don't know where you want to, where your listeners want to go yeah. with this, but, or another time, you know, I wrote some articles on it. In fact, they're on my website for free. There's uh, you can just go there. There's a couple of, based off of gun stuff in the quiet yeah, Just give eye. them a taste, taste of the magic. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, so the idea there is that that's an external focus and it's narrow and that's where elite performance lives. Right, so just in one one kind of conceptualization, there is they took biathletes mm-hmm. uh, and they stressed them, and they showed up and they said, "Hey, you know, we want to uh, put a heart rate monitor on you, and we want to test your scores." And these people want to be in the Olympics, right? So they're competing to be in the Olympics, and they they took a baseline, and then they came back. I don't know how long it was later, but it was I, I assume it was weeks uh, later, if not months, and they said, "Hey, we're going to test you again." Uh, and they wanted to stress them out. So they, so they brought the Olympic coach along and said this though, uh, you know, our second, our second one is going to be your, uh, uh, actual qualification for the Olympics. So if you shit the bed, if you shit the bed, you're out, right. You're done training, golly. Right. And so stress obviously went up and what they found was, is that those who handled it the best, meaning they performed as good as they have or better had a longer quiet eye duration now i realize i haven't described what that meant so on the gun itself they had a resting final fixation and a fixation just means that they locked their eyes on a place whether that's the rim of the basket or or whatever for a longer period of time prior to a critical movement, a critical part of the skill, the trigger work, right? So other things have been done with the quiet eye like this. So I'm gonna look at the camera so you can see, is that they took people who are really elite shooters and not elite shooters. And they found that elite shooters were looking at the target and bringing the presentation up. So therefore they had a quiet eye. They were resting in that fixation. They were keeping their eye on a certain spot. But the not elite shooters were doing stuff like this, looking at the site, then it comes up and firing, looking at the site instead of there it is, there it is. So in the articles on my website, uh, uh, please just go to it. Uh, You know, there'll be the uh, ILETA, it's the uh, I-L-E-E-T-A, International Law Enforcement Educators Training, right? So there's a couple, there's there's a three article set, but there's two on it. And it talked about, remember the draw stroke you were doing? just having you do well why was i doing that versus this angle is because you're going to start breaking looking for the quiet eye i want to leverage everything if i have to shoot soon i'm already on sights on trigger on target and finishing that shot faster more accurately as is evidenced by a pack timer versus something where i can't see that so i'm leveraging the physical motion to help me in a self-defense situation for quick shots without uh, confirmation of sight because it's I've got someone this big, you know, within this distance, or if I needed to, I'm already on it, and now when I reach my extension, I'm able to fire sooner because I haven't, I'm utilizing the principles of the quiet eye, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So that comes into play when I'm just turning to look and see do I see what am I, what is my gaze behavior, which is what you do humbly. I've, I've only done EP twice. Right? <laughs> right. But which is what you're doing all the time. But I am a police officer. It's kind of the same idea. It's just, really? we're looking for different things with different goals. You know, I'm, I'm scanning a crowd. What do you perceive? I'm looking at someone's hand, hand, belt line, neckline. So whole person, what's going on with them. You're getting that feel for it. Is this right or not? Is this, Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Hand hand. Well, when I look at a hand, remember when we we talked about our visual degree of angle. Right. So if you if you extend your arm and you put up your thumbnail, I've got a peer reviewed journal here somewhere that says it's about three degrees of visual angle. Well, that is the only thing you can see clearly. So in this room right now, if I put my thumb, if I extend my arm and I cover that light socket to my eye, I'm only covering this much of it just this little half of it right but i see i feel like i see everything around there but due to the rods and cones in your eye which we dove into for about 15 minutes in the training uh, to so that you understood it tangibly that is the only piece i can see clearly so if someone were to come around that corner right now how do i know what's exactly in their hand and How do you know if you don't train? In a moment of stress, when someone all of a sudden appears to go stop or something to buy you a moment to enact your what needs to live at unconscious competence right in the back of you know in your head somewhere hand hand whole person belt line neckline while presenting that firearm and then presenting that firearm where they can get at it versus. Mm Now uh, into a retentional type position because once again, I'm buying that moment to make a proper decision on is this a shoot or not? All that stuff comes together. And to bring it back around to my hugely pontificated point right now <laughs> no, is, awesome. is that, oh, is that you gotta, right? Ken Murray talking about concepts like the quiet eye, things of that nature. What I didn't know, I didn't know about good training. You gotta slow it all down and practice it on purpose but now the next time we get together because you understand what i'm talking about and more importantly you understand not because i said it was correct you know your grip and your trigger not not because it was working that one day but that cell in your tailbone right also knows <laughs> that that's the one that that's it for me and why so then we can just start running a lot more, you know, get a lot further. We could have done all that Zoomy stuff, but then to come back, like you said, what did you actually learn? Can you yeah, replicate right. it without me being there, making those tweaks and fixes? Right. My purpose is to get myself out of a job so that you're, you're doing it yourself.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I, just have, have I just all said all that, that to me. No, you're great. this is odd. This is what it's for, man. The long answers are what we want. And we could have done all that Zoomy stuff that wouldn't have meant enough to us I don't think to really even stick like the meanings we would have walked away with um you know because I love how you get us to kind of define build on what we have you know and and define um things for ourselves even as we go through learning it was like totally different that's why I wanted people to realize how effective this whole paradigm of training you know rather than like just being like yelling at people on the range, knife-handed, you know what I mean? And like, do it faster, do it harder. It's like, no, this was a very intelligent approach that I, um, I'm i not surprised. It was a 500 times percent increase, you know, um, with these types of methods being used. Well, let's dig into background a little bit. Uh, you know, where you come from, what have you done? Folks always love to hear that stuff.
2: So. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. So I guess, the reason I do this compressed stuff is because I learned it from the guy who invented it. Uh, and once again, there's articles on my website. If you want to know the actual history, there was three guys involved in that really the main one was a man named Paul castle. And he came up with the car center axis relock system, but he had myopia, he, he had bad eyes. And so, and so he held the gun in close. Um, he did some cool stuff, uh, won the NATO pistol championships uh, two years in a row until they stopped holding it. Uh, he was an English cop. And uh, he was unique, New York. Right? He was he was a very unique individual, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just really good at it. And uh, you know, nobody did more of it than I did. And unfortunately, he got cancer. And uh, mm-hmm. prior to his getting cancer, he had already already kind of passed on the lineage. You know, I was the I was the next in line, so to speak, that type of idea. Um, yeah. And then, interestingly enough, uh, uh, well, Natural Tactical uh, got its name center axis relock, right? And Paul Castle's company, Sabre Tactical. And then there's another hand uh, I trained with a man, um, uh, one of my, well, absolutely one of my mentors, and I'm proud to say a a good friend, uh, uh, Kelly Warden, right? So he's a physical combatives fellow. uh, And so uh, he has natural spirit international. And so, you know, he's the blade master of modern Arnis and all these very cool things and very, very talented individual within the martial arts, I should say. And yeah. so uh, I brought the two of them together uh, because I wanted martial arts people to get an introdu- introduction to close quarter gun protectional stuff. Because really, uh, uh, Kelly Warden says it himself, uh, uh, you know, like uh, firearms are self-defense, right? I mean, martial arts is there, absolutely, and these and fighting. But, you know, the great equalizer, Sam Colt, put a, put a gun in their hand, right? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I, I brought them together in this bullet and blade symposium. And, uh, uh, we ran a few of those and this, uh, we're going b- way back actually right now. Okay. And, so, and so they told me it was sitting in, uh, uh we were in uh, Antioch, Tennessee, just outside uh, Nashville where Paul's house was. And, and, uh, Kelly, uh, warden was there and myself. And they said, you know, you're, you do what we do and you do it very well. Uh, but you know, we can't do what each other does. And we'd like you to formally try and put this together into something. Uh, the short version of that conversation. And so I said, OK, well, uh, you know, Sabre Tactical and Natural Spirit International, Natural Tactical put them together. And that's how that got its name. And uh, under the under these two mentors of mine later on, I stumbled across many other people, uh, uh, as I said, Ken Murray of the Reality-Based yeah. Training Association, you wrote that book and, and the rest of it. So that was where the real formal process and talking and thinking came from. In the meantime, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 I've been a 19-year police officer. I've, you know, things on and on that way as well. But what gives me the, I mean, thankfully, I I ask people, as you did, you know, give me the gift Mm -hmm. of your vulnerability, right, of of going and saying, well, I'll give this a try, you know, that kind of thing. And now we can have such a higher quality conversation because we went through those two days of, you know, day or two of training that the next time we get together, it will be far more Zoomy, right? But, but on purpose. The fun stuff, yeah. right? With meaning, yeah. right? Yeah, with meaning. Exactly. Exactly. How do you hold a gun, you know, with purpose, right? What is that purpose? Well, where is your mind? Where is your muzzle? And where is your finger? That's how to apply those four cardinal rules of safety of which we break. At least one or two of constantly you know that kind of thing right
1: yeah awesome who would you say you are at your core man you know what is what's who's jeff really on the deepest levels (laughs) that's that's i would like to get this one out in the
2: beginning of the in the of the interview that's a question and a half um yeah that's a question and a half i don't know if your your audience wants me to dive that deep but uh when I, it took me a long time to really mm. think about my purpose and my craft. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll talk about my craft. And then okay. if, if you want to have me back on to talk about my purpose, I can do that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so interested. So, <laughs> so I feel my craft to put it into so many words and the rest of it, you know, yeah. The ability to communicate with other people, right, mm-hmm. in, a, in a meaningful way. So, to, to help people uh, by offering them process and content in order to have them repeatedly thrive in deadly force situations, in high stakes and consequence situations. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at that. Wow. Right. So, what did we just unpack? Communication and learning. Yeah. So whether that's, if it's not deadly force, well, then it's actually easier, right? right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm in a, a chat right now with the Ministry of the Environment, uh, mm. because they want to put some courses together and things like that. And I'm going there. There are other subject matter experts there. And I'm getting yeah. hired to go there and facilitate the learning. So I'm not even a subject matter expert. I'm the learning guy, if that makes sense. Interesting. So, you know, that's I'm cool. very interested in that, too. So whether I, you know... The way that Ken Murray has taught me is is that I can go and uh, I can take a a doctor right out of surgery, a surgeon who just walks out of surgery, and help them debrief that uh, because of the approach, the Socratic approach, not knowing anything about it, nor am I saying that I do, but I can, given the the conceptual method and framework for thinking, is how to is how to go about that so anyway so my craft what i'm really good at is helping people via process and content right to repeatedly thrive because i'm not interested in you surviving once once and then becoming an alcoholic divorcee or going to prison forever or whatever it is right right i want to help you to understand how to recover and repeatedly be able to thrive optimally in situations of high stakes and pressure
1: wow that's awesome. I love how um, well thought out that is. I don't know if you guys are listening to this, but it's like, you you, <laughs> you know, it just, I, I recognize your intelligent approaches to all these things, man. I really, really appreciate that. You know, it was, um, and then someday we, I'd love to d- dive into the deeper stuff because that's the stuff that drives everything else, you know, that's awesome. Let's see here. We kind of touched on the car system a little bit
2: um yeah it was the original the original system why is it that, yeah. it that we moved on from it well because we added we've we've evolved it uh right. it, it's still the base in there yeah it, it totally is i will always give credit where credit is due um but it would be a misnomer to say that the way that it was taught and conceptualized is the way that it is now taught conceptualized you know do i shoot with my arms extended absolutely i do uh is it right. the only way is that compressed thing is it Is it uh, do this or not? No, absolutely not. You know, it's just uh, as you as you said yourself, uh, you know, it's it's I mean, the situation dictates the tactic The people are always moving their gun in. There is a system that works and you have to admit when we were doing I can't remember who it was, but I must have had somebody on that day, uh, you know, grabbing at the gun and I take it back with one hand, you know, that kind of idea. Right. And so like that is a simple thing to do once you've learned the biomechanics of it. And Mm -hmm. now to create a cue card contextually relevant as to why I'd be doing it coming around this corner or doorway or whatever that might be, you know, that those are the moments that matter. Those are the moments that get us in the paper when they go sideways. And those are the things that we focus on. So we, everything is reverse engineered from the worst case scenario. You know, everybody can do a reload uh, and rack the, rack I don't have one to rack but and rack the gun out here Mm -hmm. but you know we reverse engineered from right up with the bad guy doing all our skills as I've talked to you about and now what am I doing there well you now know what I just did right owning the grip again right straight back on again but no one else would even have those eyes to understand it so yeah yeah exactly what would you say about your approach
1: to decision making Um, under stress in stressful situations in these lethal encounter situations what would be your approach to that uh
2: well it's everything Mm -hmm. so that's everything uh i i try to buy you more of your attention more of your want and more of your synapses connecting by making you shit hot and awesome with a gun or whatever else really quickly and we do we do that i mean like i'll Put my money where my mouth is, you know, like all the rest of it, right? <laughs> yeah, this, uh, and that's um, what we do. <laughs> But what I'm really concerned with is all these uh, more nebulous, right? These more not so tangible, like decision-making under stress. What the heck does that even mean? Well, that means I got to go into force on force training, right? And I got to get a hood on my head and I got to get, you know, gotcha game, trunk monkey, ninja things. And I got to feel sick just thinking about it going into it because we've all done that. Right. And and, uh, like I said, that's where Ken Murray and his 5-10% difference is everything. Right? And I point towards him by saying that because it's easy to say that there's this thing out here, you know, go read his book, go whatever. But, you know, I uh, when I, I, I stalked him until he became my friend and now I work for him, right, <laughs> for, for, a, for a reason, because I didn't know what I didn't know about it. So... Um, what does that mean? Well, that means in order to contextualize and to make pattern a recognition, right? So you, you ever heard like schema, right? We talked about mental yeah, models absolutely. and what the mental model, well, a mental model, just an internal representation for something, a trigger, how a trigger works. I have a mental model for how doorknobs work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things like, I haven't seen all the doors in the world, but I know that if there's a bar, I should probably push it. If I see hinges on that side, it's this side, you know, like a, 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 a process. Well, schema or pattern recognition, there's a really cool guy you can Google, his, uh, uh, his name is Dr. Dr. Gary Klein, and he's got recognition prime decision making. It's something that I've, I've looked into quite a, studied quite a bit, uh, and even formally with uh, For Science, if you've heard of those guys, really? uh, For Science Research. And so he's got some cool stuff he's done uh, where he's talking about expert performers, And so, uh, you know, that's exactly it. You know, take a uh, take an NFL player or something like that. You know, we're we're being asked to perform to a level uh, where, you know, we have no ability to check the replay and we have no ability to, you know, and and here Uh they are. Slow it down or nothing. It's just go. It's it's always live. (laughs)
0: We're
2: always recording live, you know. And I mean, I know I know nothing about professional nfl i really don't you know but i know that those people are paid a lot of money Mm -hmm. they've got a lot of people doing the supporting them with research i'm just looking down there because i've got like there's this uh, motor learning and performance bible right and it's all about how to teach physical skills motor learning well we're not following it in the gun training world that i've seen anyway uh, but they're following it there because it works I know that I'm gonna be coming across you at on game day, you specifically, and I can watch film on you specifically. And I know it's in a well-lit environment, and I know what day it's gonna be on, and I know I can prep for it, right? You know, my fight's gonna be on all the rest of it. And uh, and you can still fake me out. And I was training for you at you, the time yeah. and I knew it, right? Yeah you know, like so. So how is it that we're trying to make all these decisions when our attention, remember how we talked about attention being like the number one resource? Like, I think that's the current attention is the currency of our age. People are so distracted by it, right? Uh, Not to to mention the amount we're just not used to focusing for long periods of time. So what I'm actually doing and what the soldiers were doing with those other soldiers, 500% increase, you know, They're they're teaching them, you know, that not quite getting it. We should be up here on the curve. And then all of a sudden they surpass. But there was that longer period where those synapses weren't quite getting it. Right. Yeah. 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 And if you're willing to go through that, uh, because how many times do we quit because we want you know the expert result or we want the whatever thing or something like that you know so then you talk about motivation you're talking about um heuristics just a fancy word for shortcuts uh and things like that so pattern recognition you're talking about use of force it was your question uh decision making pattern recognition to us to see something unfolding and know what steps to take to gain advantage Get a final firing grip on your gun, right? Yeah. What the heck is a final firing grip? Well, as high up in the tang as possible or backstrap. Why? Because of recoil, we know. Uh, and then around it. What do you mean around it? Bro, right? well, that was a whole 15-minute yeah. talk, wasn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? You know, so when I'm shooting the gun, it's all cockeyed in my hand. But because of the size of my thumb and the size of that glo- well, glock-ish, whatever this thing is, handle. Yeah. That's where I handle recoil the best, not dead in line with my radius. And then I said that with you guys on the course. And that's one thing. But then what did I do next? Is I took you out, I demonstrated it. I had you demonstrate it. And if you could dive back in, or maybe you've got because you had a lot of GoPro video at the time. Oh yeah, there's a review coming out. You will notice the formal process I used. I had you go internal broad and in internal narrow as you were shooting Mm -hmm. you were developing a richer mental model you were gaining feedback where you had none before and then we were doing remember recoil control is one thing recoil management is another thing right recoil Mm -hmm. control the same point of aim recoil management using that recoil for a new point of aim well how do you teach that until you teach the fr- exactly. So the next thing you know, 30 minutes later and only a couple of mags because spending any more any more ammo you you can't you had to slow it down. yeah slow it down. But now that you've done that, you now don't go, well Jeff, this Canadian dude said that this is what I should do. you're making it lodge into the long term two types of long-term memory, the long-term memory you cannot think of consciously when you're under stress. It's going to live there. And more importantly, confidence, competence, loop, right? I love that. Right? It's, yeah. it's a vicious circle we're trying to perpetuate. You know it works for you because you have now seen it happen. So you believe in it. It lodges in there under, I'm under, like, I could die. This is what I'm going to do. Why am I going to do it? Because it works. Not because that dude said so, and he was special forces, whatever, and made it. Yeah, you still might have that cell in your tailbone going but can i do it but right. is it good for me you know that type of thing right because those, right. those principles live out there and we go to those people all the time because we want to believe because it's important my life's important my job my career you know right. the, the person i'm protecting etc is important yeah but what if you don't quite conceptualize it to that entire level of your being to not sound too hokey right, right. but right then you're gonna question it or you're not going to be dead execute
1: on it because you don't believe in it right this confidence comes from experience with yourself you know and what you know you can execute on right that i love i love how many amazing life lessons were woven into the the tactical instruction that day it was so good man. the confidence loop you know that's why arrogance is so dangerous it's inaccurate confidence you know.
2: Well, and there you go. So, if you want to, there's a formal graph on that called the Dunning-Kruger yeah. effect. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, living, on the pal- uh, the, living on the peak of Mount Stupid. We can talk about that another time, but you can just Google yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah, it's very cool, and it's so it's a formal yeah. thing. It's actually a scientific principle. You know, that we really? start learning a little bit, yeah. and we think our skill level and abilities way up here, and then all of a sudden, if we keep at it, we realize how much we didn't know. Yeah. And how and then there's the formal climb towards the guruhood or whatever that kind of yeah, idea. Yeah, like the actual,
1: accurate understanding climb. Yeah, this is interesting because I, I have a few people that I've been working with throughout the course of my lifetime, and I see I've seen this happen. You know, it's like you get in, you have a little bit of progress, and you're like, I'm up here now. You know, and now I, I you know, I've learned to kind of look out for that and be like, no, this. I find with most high quality things there's so much more work, at least when you start choosing goals and targets, there's so much more work than you ever thought there was in order to achieve them. When you're beginning, you know, it's like, I want to have like an internet business or I want to, whatever your goal is, you know, it's like, like I just set up a website and, you know, maybe get some marketing and this thing will start flowing. And then you get in there and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is the universe in here. You know? Um, And, and so that's really interesting to hear about that graph (laughs) because health,
2: health, working out. Oh, so I do the bodybuilding workout. Oh, so I do the keto diet. Oh, so I, Mm -hmm. no, man, the more, you know, the more you realize, and that's what I think uh, we were talking about as well, that to be able to thin slice, just to use a term that's, you know, from some great books on the shelf, I'm sure you've got them as well. Be able to thin slice those things and apply them as tools but knowing uh, the real the real subtlety versus mm-hmm. I'm on this diet now or I, I work out at this time or I whatever, right? You know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I post this many things in, and on Instagram, I don't know, whatever, right? I mean, right. I have no idea about that. but
1: <laughs> Outstanding. What would you say about, about health and things like that? Because you're, you're kind of exemplary to me. Um, how would you say that your habits in your life, with regards to health have kind of helped you perform and would you have any kind of advice that you would recommend to guys that are kind of struggling in that area
2: yeah well once again my mentor in that area happens happens to be my best friend on earth right so my my wife uh, Adriana is uh, and she's got a story I mean doctor got cancer did the regular cancer treatments that took destroyed her kidneys and things and cancer came back and it was a, it was a bad point in our life. Uh, And then, you know, started, uh, contacted some other specialists and people and uh, you know, they shared with her research and things and she started going down another path. It's like functional medicine. And uh, uh, now she's invested in that. So uh, not, not in the, in the medical model in Canada. So she doesn't have her license to do that because she's, she doesn't believe in it simply put uh but now she's got clients all over the world where they're coming to her with you know here's my blood work um you know I'm a woman who wants to have kids and I can't because I have PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome for example yeah. and you know she's had several and uh uh the next thing you know they do these strategies but it's based on their blood work right mm-hmm. it's not it's like there are some general principles but everything is based off of what does your blood work say, and it's not blood the pack. actual
1: blood work, not not the packaged one size fits all kind right.
2: of uh, stuff we get in other arenas. Right. So you go to a physiotherapist and you yeah. get this thirty-seven million photocopied program, that right? Everyone, yeah, <laughs> that everybody gets. That's right. It's just not. Yeah. So, what are the big things in health? Um, you know. Uh, I get it from her, uh, and okay. she has helped me tremendously. I didn't know. I mean, I was I was a fat kid. You know, I was. Uh, were I was, a fat kid. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Really? That's I, awesome. I was <laughs> fat kid too. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I weighed more than I do now. Uh, you know, back in grade eight and grade nine, uh, and I I mean, I couldn't do ten pushups right like at all. I couldn't do a chin. That's for sure. And I can do ten pushups and a chin up now. So it's like it's like, oh, the, the, the composition has changed. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then I was skinny fat. You know, I went out. Uh, wanted to be a British soldier. I wanted to do the parachute regiment P company, right? Which is mm-hmm. this very hard thing to do, and and these tests and stuff. And I didn't realize what I didn't know. I I was skinnier then because I was super amounts of exercise in that, but I wasn't eating well, and uh, I was skinny fat, meaning there was a lot of uh, visceral, right? A lot of a lot of fat on the inside, you know that kind of thing. And then right, a lot of mass, but I yeah, or I- thin, but no quality mass, less quality mass. Absolutely. I could hit you with my Adam's apple from here, you know, that kind of thing. Back <laughs> then, I was, I was 178 pounds when I got out of there. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I'm just, yeah, I know. Anyway, so point being is that I would say, uh, instead of chasing, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever, uh, I'm on this diet or that thing or whatever it was, you right. know, she's really helped me to say like, you know, eat good quality food, right? So eat high quality food. And number one is good quality protein. And so I'm not scared of that. That's for sure. And so, you know, like we're talking grass fed, you know, cuts and, and, uh, and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, and then and to to build out from there. But we we talked about it kind of offline in the class, you know, because you had some, you had some really great questions. And, uh, um, you know, that I work out and I train Mm -hmm. like a third of what I used to. Uh, right. And I'm getting just as far, if not farther in my learning and my ability to learn and things like that. Now that that's also because I've trained the ability to focus. Remember we talked about mm-hmm. concentration grids and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time as well, even physically, you know, like, so, you know, my back squats back up again, I, I bulged a couple of discs through injury and things, but uh, right. uh, you know, I, uh, but I'm doing less of it, but I've tripled down on recovery. And by recovery, I do mean thinking well, moving well, eating well, yeah. sleeping well, right, number one, you're not going to lose weight, you're not going to gain muscle, you're not going to do anything good with your cortisol, testosterone, or anything else, if you're not going to bed. That's, I mean, that's just a fact. So I've got yeah. a, I don't have it on right now, but I wear an aura ring, I right? and then there's whoop bands and things as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I do whether I'm cold plunging or not or something, but I'm, I'm looking at my graph, you know, I can open it up on here. If you, and I'm not pumping aura ring, but I'm pumping the fact that I have a metric to know that when I go to, you know, so last night, for example, come on. So last night there's my graph, right? So total sleep, eight hours and 57 minutes, but I had to be in bed for 10 hours and 17 minutes for that
0: because I suck
2: at efficiency. So, uh, yeah, but there I was, I was able to get two hours and eight minutes of deep sleep. And there's the deep sleep on the graph down there. Okay. I did that through stopping eating two hours before bed and cold plunging in the day, right? and Cold
1: plunging thing keeps coming up, man. And I just... Oh my gosh, I just haven't
2: got myself
1: to a place to do it yet. <laughs>
2: well, and so there's like three reasons and optimizations on that. Uh, there's, yeah. there's certain reasons how and what to, and why to do it, in my opinion, based on the research I've done in that. And so, but I have a metric to measure it or not too. really, so yeah, well, exactly. Cause I'm measuring it here, you know, like through heart rate variability, through my deep sleep increase. Cause remember deep sleep, remember I said neuroplasticity back at the beginning here, Uh, you need need what alertness focus and rest but especially deep sleep i think it's stage two sleep off the top of my head and if you're not getting that then you're not learning the the motorical right the motor learning and all the things that are needing to be fixed from the deadlifts you did it's not happening so i'm optimizing that end of it which i sure as shit was not when it was A little bit of whiskey and more pull-ups right you know and, you know. <laughs> the whiskey, well, and that's kind of why i brought it
1: up is because i've just noticed certain human beings pull ahead in a more healthy way and perform at higher levels that focus more on these things you know and that, since i've really these last few years started focusing much more on my health and my habits um and my, my diet, and all these little, and, and psychology, and even my spiritual development, I just bring so much more to the fight on so many levels, so much more effectively, and I'm just a better leader, and so I, I love talking about these things that, like, really drive our ability to perform, you know, at these levels, you know, so that's awesome, awesome stuff.
2: Yeah, that's I couldn't agree with that more, you know, so if you're talking about the sexy, cool stuff, which is, you know, executing at a high level on demand with that. Yeah, that's exactly it. But the ability to turn it on and turn it off it's, it's emotional, it's arousal control, All right, yeah. a funny word to say, but right, it's, it's emotional, turn, yeah. I need to upregulate it, because I got to fight, look at this dude in front of me right now, right, and it's gone, <laughs> yeah. them and, now up- gotta, and now I got to, and now I got to turn it back down, uh, you know, that kind of idea, and yeah, really, like, you can think well, you can move well, you can, you can sleep well, and then you can, uh, uh, you know, like, eat and hydrate, right, like, those things as well, but how, how often do we think about thinking? Well, remember that chat? Love You could, this you stuff. could, shoot, a, you could shoot a group there and a shoot a group there. And I, then woo, there's that one. What yeah. are you going to go home thinking about 300 site alignment site, press trigger or that one, that one. <laughs> so if you remember, that's how we started talking about things. What does that one represent? Well, okay. So failure, for example, well, what yeah. is failure? Failure is an opportunity to grow, this, that, and the other. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're saying that. How do you do that, though? Mm. Right. So, when you're in a cold tub and the environment is driving you to go, this is not awesome. I want out. This is not awesome. <laughs> I hate it. It's not just about the decision to get into the tub. That is absolutely there. Again, yeah. mm-hmm. just so there's discipline with that. But when you're in the environment that yes. is driving your amygdala your lizard brain and your want to move and your yeah, diaphragm right. and all the rest of this this nervous system you cannot control consciously you yeah. can through breath top down consciously say this is what i'm going to focus on and now that i've lost that clavicle and i'm doing a reload with my weak hand which we never call it that because right. it's are at meeting, <laughs> and i'm going to external narrow focus on what it is I need to do next in order to save me, not internal focus at the time of stress and pressure, right? As to what's going on in here, because that leads to not optimal decision-making. Remember those biathletes, right? No. The ones who did better had a longer quiet eye. Well, they think it also has something to do, this is my opinion, this is these are the, these are the PhDs, right. with, with handling stress external focus helps you handle stress so now in the tub we can external internal focus but the point right. being is that I'm actually practicing at that moment diaphragmatic control which helps me then get more deep sleep because I do that before bed which helps me then when I wake up to have a simple uh, I can't remember the name of it but where you, you're uh, of course you're not mouth breathing you're nose breathing I hope and if people aren't doing that please read like Patrick McEwan's The Oxygen Advantage and things like that huge leaps guys. <laughs> He's dropping them like <laughs> so. huge leaps forward in my sleep quality as well tape you know tape your mouth piece of tape over your mouth so you don't melt. anyway we can talk about that if you like it's crazy but i guarantee it works right okay okay wow. <laughs> and so what i'm saying here is is that you know, it's it's also about these frameworks of metrics to understand which we can practice in these moments, you need to practice that circuitry, catching yourself in traffic, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. what's happening? Am I being driven by the environment? Absolutely, I am. Look at what this jackass just did to me with that, with that lane change, right? Oh, yeah. But now, what does that mean for my cortisol? What does that mean for my decision making? What does that mean for the environment, for every cell in my body? that I'm going to now do what with and and how, right? Not to mention external execution of, of skills. So uh, th- you can, as I said with you, and I'm, I preach it because it's true, we can train this stuff on purpose and we're not doing it. We're talking about, bang, 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 our splits and our El Presidente, that's great. right? But are you talking about where were your eyes? Well, they were on the target. All right, we're on the target well, $3,000 glasses and eye trackers is what they use there. Right. And they knew exactly where they were. So when we're walking through a crowd of people where the, the, uh, the guru of EP is looking, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Yeah. And more than that. So that goes for any, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky in hockey. I can, I can see where his head is, but where's that thumbnail actually looking. Number two, what is that? What is that EP guru actually seeing and perceiving to drive their next behavior? Then, what do they know how to do to gain advantage? Is it a final firing grip? Is it a half a step forward on their client? Is it a da 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 well, that's what, so we bring it back around to decision-making. So right. I take an expert decision-maker and that's is what people hire me to do, right? I'm not the, the EP guru, but I come in and I talk to them in front of everyone and I completely break down how, what, where, when, and why they're doing what they're doing. And it's oh. no, it's no, um, you know, some subject matter experts are like, well, but I'm the subject matter. And you totally are it's just no offense, but you just haven't studied how to get it into their head as right. well as I have. And you have to admit, what I what I really excel at is having you pause for a moment and really think more about what you thought you already knew. What you knew, yeah. Right? Which is the most dangerous stuff in your head is the stuff
1: you think that you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I'll take, you know, and that's why I, I try to just come from a space of like, I am always learning. I know that I know very little, um, because, man, when you think you know something, it's, 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 you better know it because it's a dangerous moment. It can be a very blinding concept, you know? Um, that's awesome. I think to get back to that, the, the cold showers, the, the plunging, I think there's so much to gain in terms of emotional intelligence and understanding how to manage that stress and all those different things. Kind of what exactly what you said, But I mean, it's like, how do you train for life? You know, and I try to do a lot of this in the gym when I'm under, when I'm placing myself deliberately in stressful situations, under the weight, with my cardio. I'm constantly training my emotional world and making sure I can perform, you know, no matter what's going on. But I just feel like, and I hate it because I hate cold water. (laughs) I got some PTSD from my dad being like, it on the shower on nicole when i was little what are you doing in here son you need to take a shower like a man you know but um it was a good time but uh yeah that's huge man i think there's so much there's a higher level of emotional training triggering your autonomic nervous system and getting yourself to a solid state no matter what's happening yeah you know, like you're saying yeah there's so much there to be taken away
2: well, I mean, um, people are doing that, right? They're doing a yeah. cold shower. Now, There's a, there's the scientific research is cold plunging, usually. Although I found that there's benefit, as is evidenced by cold. like a ring tracking, mm-hmm. for showering as well, right? So cold but, plunging is different. This is like you're getting into a tank of coldness, or what are we Yeah, doing? like it's it's a bathtub, right? Like it's it's submerged in <laughs> it's a bath, yeah, terrible. anyway. Yeah. But I'm just saying, okay. if you wanna start thin slicing, just to talk about the, remember uh, the, the tool, right Mm -hmm. the tool and the method remember what i said at the beginning of the podcast exactly well now we're talking about cold plunging as a tool but what's the what's the process to evaluate and think about it because there's there's a few reasons to do it and it's not just getting in there and suffering because i didn't realize that i'm actually a very inefficient breather i don't utilize Mm -hmm. i i overuse oxygen people are like what Right? I overuse breath. And until I met Patrick McEwen, I got his book over there. I can grab it if you want, like the oxygen advantage. And then I started stalking him and, and hey, what's your, what? how do what do you think about this? And how did, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize that you could binge on oxygen and be inefficient with it. I didn't realize that carbon dioxide is a hugely important thing. That's why I'm always drinking those carbonated waters when I'm doing things like this, talking so much, therefore mouth breathing. Right. Uh, and I'm hacking, although I hate the word hack because I want to live life to its fullest. Right? I don't want to just hack it. But so cold plunging as well. So if you're getting in that and you're just <laughs> suffering through it like that, you're not getting the benefit out of it you could be by top down diaphragmatic capture and control. Are you Wim Hof breathing or not Wim Hof Tumo breathing? I mean, he made it extremely nice. popular and and bless him for doing so. It, it took breath work into a, a, a big uh it made it very popular right which it needs sure. to be it should be we should be teaching this to every child right um and uh, but is it am i trying to sympathetic fight or fight fight and flight or am i trying to parasympathetic rest yeah. and digest to use those terms right so there's a whole bunch of thin slicing we can do just to the concept of cold regulation and
0: yeah. then
2: having you said specifically what you just said i got a little ptsd from when i was younger da 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 da, da. Right. absolutely so now i would of course not i would do it offline with you right but we would then go into what do you have anchored or associated to it that's in your past that's yeah. actually driving feelings thoughts emotions and all the rest of maybe when i talked about the, when i cut those fingers off on that on that uh, saw and how that i couldn't think of or hear a saw, or smell fresh-cut wood, without having intrusive thoughts and physiological response in my body, and how yeah. I use breathing to de-link that, and and anyway, and kind of mentally body armor myself for some of the other horrible things that happened in life later. That yeah. kind of stuff. so these are all some extremely high-quality conversations that right. we're, we're just we're just scratching the surface of. Right, exactly. and uh, and so that's what I say. I do a third of what I used to, but I tripled down on all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it's not. Yeah, and it's not like you need to go take a Ph.D. in it or anything. It's just a matter of thinking about it. And if you can get into how you think about these things, you're gonna be better at it. Yeah. Right. Like you, Yeah. Yeah. So and there's a formal way of doing it. My sole purpose is mm. anyone that I train with to get better than me in a half the amount of time. And I oh, hope that they're, that, that's the whole point. Right. Uh, you know, like as I got here uh, and yeah, I mean, and it's true, like in, in martial arts, cause you know, I have a dojo right under Kelly Warden and we're training and we're that, and my guys are getting, are getting to a level uh, faster than I did, which is great. It shows that the instruction is, is working right. It shows that that you, process is working. You have a dojo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay, what's this yeah. about, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like I said, so uh, uh kelly warden grand master right natural spirit international uh, under remy Precis, uh right so filipino uh filipino uh stick and blade master you know all that kind of stuff right and awesome. he's got non non-class- classical kung fu and and yeah. uh i mean through him i've met uh yeah a lot of other amazing uh practitioners he's got this camp every year it's called water and steel we should well we'll meet at it let's go to it you know september yeah. long weekend labor day but anyway Sweet. point being is that that's what I'm really good at. And then, but people come to me for this stuff, which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You should see it. You know, we'll manhandle each other in that and, and, <laughs> and have a great time doing it. Yeah.
1: Heck yeah. That's awesome. Okay. That's it. Or right, We'll definitely talk more about that offline. Um, and then last few questions. We're getting winded down. What's the hardest lesson you've learned
2: in the field? Probably just that uh, no matter how much I prepare, mm. that uh, yeah, just shit happens yeah there's a lot of chance yeah and uh you know it's yeah it'll change you forever and uh interpersonal human aggression the last real phobia and violence is a toxic Mm. sticky corrosive environment that will change you forever and it's okay if you're okay with that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just because you did certain things that some people see as being very extreme or whatever, that kind of idea, you know, that sometimes we take on faults or we look for things. I'll communicate better with a story. So I was talking to someone who, uh, 9-11, right? So he's at the base of the towers of 9-11 mm-hmm. and he's a regular dude. And uh, he's watching people literally jump to their deaths right instead of burn no yep. and uh you know so the uh uh they set up a bunch of showers and everything for everyone and he said that um he said that everyone there was having a shower and he said like everyone crapped themselves right mm-hmm. yeah but he didn't okay he didn't and he thought imagine this now what's right. wrong with me right that everyone else had this hmm. reaction to the most horrible thing that I've I've never even thought of before in my life, but I didn't have that reaction, and he yeah. thought something was wrong with him. Isn't that? Isn't that? Right. And until he met a guy named uh, Colonel Grossman, right? So uh, on killing, right? On combat, wrote those books. Great dude, really great dude. Uh, in fact, he helps me uh, with my writing, so thank you, Colonel. Really?
1: Um, yeah, we uh, at our last
2: symposium.
1: I got to. Oh, meet really?
2: Him. Yeah, yeah, great. So. Uh, so until he met him, he didn't realize that, you know, going back, uh, he had his morning bowel movement <laughs> prior mm-hmm. to, and that's probably the reason why he didn't have that reaction. Wow. And so I, I shared that saying that, isn't it weird how we will look to try to understand and compare to other people and things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm really good at violence. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a popular thing to say, right? right. And uh, luckily, I have these moral codes and, and checks and balances and things like that in there. Um, and so, yeah, so what's one of the hardest lessons or the hardest lesson I learned is that uh, I guess it maybe I could put it down to thinking well again, but mm-hmm. when you are trying to help someone and your resources are fleeting and You know, one of the one of the Maxims coolest lines I ever saw in a movie back when I was in high school and I put it on my my locker in high school. First line out of this movie. You've had your whole life to prepare for this moment. Why aren't you ready? Uh, 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 Oh, that's that is
1: a great one to put up there in front of every protector.
0: Yeah
2: yeah anyway so sorry i went a little uh, a little emotional there but uh well, no i'm not sorry i'm not sorry at all um, uh, no that's yeah. the good but stuff you, man you asked so there it is yeah no
1: i just i could tell it was going to be something good and real and i know that you're so capable of communicating it that I was i was like this is going to be meaty and it totally was um and you said so many high level things in terms of um that I mean, you're really good at violence, but it's okay. You know, it's 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 we need good people to be capable of these things, and it's not an evil thing to be good at the tool of violence, because this is something we have to win at in order to um, maintain the beautiful world that we've we've created and hope that our, you know, children can live in. You know, as mine peeks in the door. Here. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but then also to understand the corrosive nature of violence and that it is it is uh, just not an honorable thing, really, you know I, I um it's not a it's it's bad, you know in so many ways, you know. But like you know, I feel like for people with less experience, sometimes they look at violence and they unfortunately can be seduced by some of the ideas they see in Hollywood and things like this. And I feel like for those who know, we're like, guys, (laughs) this is not a road you want to go down, you know? So, um, I don't know. What would you say about those things?
2: Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot, three things popped to mind. I'll, I'll I'll tackle one of them for sure. Um, you know, it's so, it's the tool it's our, it's the tool we need to master. Exactly. So, uh, I think it was, Colonel Grossman, again, if I'm, if I'm saying it right, but the, the, I, I just want to give credit where credit's due, right, stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, um, but that idea, you know, uh, firemen put out fires, they put, you know, with, with water, right, so the tool is water. I mean, just Coles notes, right, idea. Uh, uh, yet police officers or protect anyone, any civilian who's protecting themselves, anyone and everyone, it's violent. What do you, what do you how do you stop violence? Well, not with water. Right. It's it's with superior violence. And so now we'd love to detect it ahead of time and deter it and all the rest of it. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yet. So what I'm saying is, is that the tool I'm trying, the environment is toxic. The tool itself is violence. So it's, it's not like I'm getting a recovery away from it. So it is all the more important, vital in my mind. And by mind, I mean, in my emotions, right? To understand how to think well about it and mm-hmm. recover from it properly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've all gone that. I've talked myself into more fights mm-hmm. when I was a, a younger <laughs> police officer. And, yeah. uh, and now now that I'm ready, I mean ready. Right. Uh, I'm sure there was a time uh, during the weekend when I was, uh, when I was serious. Like, What? what cell in my body and i mean my tailbone as i say every every i was congruent with my message meaning when i said stop when i said when i said whatever it was every bit of my being hopefully told you and uh, that i'm completely ready right and capable right and so when i reached that point which was an inside out thing it wasn't an outside in i mean you can always act as if But once my inside matched my outside, and I was completely congruent, I never had to do business like a 10th of the time. It's
1: very interesting. Like we could go on a whole nother podcast going talking about that and that impact that it has on the world and and being able to even achieve that, you know, and like the competencies it takes to even be able to achieve that congruence, you know, and that honest, uh, being able to communicate that honestly with yourself and the environment <laughs> you know uh this is good
2: stuff man we're gonna have to do another episode for sure um well I would love to so uh I, I want to be respectful of your time as well uh in order to give because it's my first exposure to your audience and I, and I, I I've been just gobbing off at, at the mouth here so it's like I want to give you something tangible I want to give you something tangible. So, uh, I have uh you remember how we talked about switching hands with the pistol, right? Cuz that's a thing that we should all know how to do. And I'm sure everybody understands how to put the pistol from one hand to the other, but I got a a, a certain technique, rock grip place uh that uh, that is it and I would uh, I'm going to I took a um uh, an edit out of uh, one of the videos I did for uh I ILFE, uh the International Law Enforcement Firearms Instructors Group. Uh, I did a, I did an online training for them during COVID and I took that little five minute, how to change hands with the pistol while I'm inside of a vehicle uh, out. I'm going to stick it on Instagram because you you're going to show me how to do that. And uh, uh, you know, so, cause I'm, I'm doing a new Instagram handle. So you can go there for that free video, get something tangible that, you know, you can, you can, uh, you know, take with you if you so choose and the rest of it. So I'm, I'm offering something physical as well as all this talking mental stuff. Yeah. I love it. And you guys. We're going to, you guys have to
1: train with Jeff next time. He is up here for sure. One last closing question. I can't let you get away without answering. How would you like to be remembered brother? What is it all for? What's the, what's the meaning in all this stuff that you're doing? You know, it's my
2: favorite closing question. Mm.
1: When people remember you, what comes to mind?
2: Well, I'd be honored if they did. Uh, number one, um, right. I've, I've already won in life because, uh, because I have my wife, uh, you know, my best friend and my biggest support and vice versa. We're the best team right. ever. Uh, to be remembered, I guess you you kind of mean, I guess, not by my immediate loved ones and things like that. I would love for that to be, I would be honored for that to be uh, uh, in regards to the thoughts of how to help people become and perpetuate the best expression of themselves that they can be you know now yeah. oh, yeah. faster more optimal better faster stronger sooner yeah. right yeah. all these limiting beliefs in our heads and things like that just cut through that stuff physical skills of course to mm-hmm. do with protecting our, our the good people in society absolutely i see tremendous value in that thank mm-hmm. you to all those you know who have dedicated themselves to that uh, and that's why i, I will always train civilians as well because they're the ones who are going to save my daughter in the next school and uh, next mall shooting you know things like that and uh yeah anyway
1: heck yeah awesome uh i we that's a lot like my mission that's so awesome it's like Well, what
2: you tell me here I'm sorry if everybody knows it but you know, yeah it with me. I'm,
1: no really my purpose you know i hope that when people look back at my life they see what one imperfect man can do if he's just willing to give Uh, that imperfection um, on the altar of progress every single day, you know, and everything I've been able to achieve has been with hard work, and by the grace of God, you know, for just giving us this opportunity, this experience, this technology to navigate and work with, you know, so I'm just really all about empowering people, you know, on many different levels, um, primarily to be a protector, to be better protectors, because that's who I am organically, you know, and with these conversations we do a lot of that with the training we do a lot of that but even and when it comes to the mind gear that helps us navigate this world because everything comes out of that you know and, and the emotional intelligence so yeah crushing uh boundaries and self-limiting thought processes those kill me you know And those beliefs when i hear people say them out out, out loud like i i just want to like stop them you know but we're all We're all growing and learning together. So yeah, man, I think we're still on the same page. I love this stuff. I have so much to learn from you. It's been such an honor, you know, and and it's kind of like a whole new world. Like when I see you, I see how optimized you are in different areas, um, your intelligence, but the finished product of what you bring to bear in the classroom. Um, it's an honor that we're connected and I'm looking forward to doing more cool things for sure.
2: Well, it's it's my honor. You know, we became fast friends and uh, I'm happy to say so. So it's, uh, look forward to, you know, let's put something together for your viewers. Uh, I would, I would be honored. Uh, let me know what that looks like. And I'd love to be on here again, cause this is just a good chat.
1: Working with your wife as well is very already been pretty interesting. So
2: she yeah. says you need to get her your, uh, you need to get her your intake form.
1: <laughs> very in depth. It's very in depth. So you guys, you know, there's another asset there as well. We can put all this stuff in the, in the notes below. So You want to get a hold of Jeff, you want to have him out to train, you know, you and your cadre and and all those different things. He does all that stuff, traveling and really just helping us learn better and think better and perform better. So,
2: yeah, please, you know, reach out. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, of course, usually it starts on Zoom because pre-framing the information we can get more out of in person when we do a little bit of here first to, to prep people, you know, that kind of stuff, too. But yeah, absolutely um, yeah, well, I look forward to whatever, uh, we're going to come together and do. So that's great. And I'll be out in California. When is it second, third weekend in January, 2022 for some training as well. So, um, that'll be in San Diego. Yeah.
1: Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. We'll talk
0: soon. See y'all out there. Boom. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at ProtectorNation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to ProtectorNation.com and buy something or join forces with me on patreon you'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link uh, anything you can give counts you know think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on mcdonald's this month five bucks a month whatever it is uh, that helps that helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous anyways this is byron rogers protector by nature and by trade and i'll see you on the next piece of content whether it's a video or podcast out